When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hear that podcast growling Mean and angry Hear those co-hosts shouting All right, welcome into the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Growling, Paul Inner Jr. and Jay Morrison are here, and it's extra special that we can actually say that today because last night, Jay and I were at Foo Fighters late into the night, and we're here in the morning recording for you. I mean, I, I'm pretty proud of us, Jay. I got home this morning. It wasn't <laughs> last night. It was this morning. <laughs> but yeah, I'm ready to go. It was great show. Um Sometimes the morning after a concert's rough, but I'm feeling good. I'm ready to go knock out a podcast episode and then go watch some more football. Go watch some more football. And um, I think I'm going to bring a big towel, a, dr- a drenched towel that I just keep over my head today, like what old school style, because it is hot. It was, <laughs> it has been steamy out there. And yes. uh, we, we, we got right into the dog days of camp. It felt like immediately with the first practice on Wednesday, we've got a lot to get to of what we saw, what we heard, uh, how everything went down on Wednesday at training camp. Um, but I do want to remind you guys, hey, as you can probably tell if you're listening to this, hey, we're back on twice a week uh, with with camp here. So as camp is weird, there's off days, there's no real schedule. It's all kind of changing all the time. But our, it's going to be two days a week. You'll he, we'll have one early in the week, Monday or Tuesday, and one late in the week, usually on Thursday. Um, but just keep an eye out for that. Just make sure you're subscribed, either on our app on the Athletic, of course, um, or on Spotify on iTunes, just hit that subscribe button so whenever we do drop up uh, one of our two episodes for the week, you'll hear it. And also, of course, uh, we'll, we'll be doing walkouts after games, as we love to do, so you can look forward to that coming after the preseason games. So everything uh, about in-season HTPG is still here. If you're not subscribed, by the way, uh, you should do so. Uh, you can, if you go onto the podcast, you can get 33% off. And for a limited time right now, uh, on our stories, you can get 50% off, uh, the subscription. So go to one of those two spots and we have a bunch up today. Jay has everything on Joe Burrow's day from Wednesday as he was fully cleared and returned to practice and everything that, that he said and did. And I went into everything else (laughs) (laughs) of which there was quite a bit as there is early in camp and we'll kind of. We're going to go hit those those high points now here. Um, Jay, biggest takeaway from kind of going all in on Burrow yesterday. I, I, I was paying attention to him and obviously was there when we talked to him at our, in the uh, the press conference set up. But um, you really followed him closely all day. And, and what did you think? Um, maybe my biggest takeaway was when, when he wasn't on the field, you know, they, they've talked a lot about how him taking ownership of this offense. Now, last year he was learning it, and this year he's he's 
it's not like he didn't have a voice last year, but it's it, there's this bouncing things off of each other, and and he's he's just so much more in tune with everything. And I thought it was unique that when like when Brandon Allen was in there, Joe Burrow was standing back and watching, but he he wasn't going over things with Brian Callahan. He was he he basically stood there and watched and rarely talked to anybody. Um, the receivers like T. Higgins and, and Jamar Chase would be having um, conversations off to the side, and coaches are talking to players about what happened during their reps. And and Burrow just stood there and watched intently the second team. It was like he was trying to soak in as much as possible without any distractions. Whereas last year, you would see him, you know, having more conversations with Brian or with Dan Pitcher about um, maybe what they saw from him in, during his reps. And it just looked like he was totally in control and comfortable and just sitting back and and seeing what the second team did and waiting for for his chance to get back in there and do more reps. It brings up. Two of, I think, the best quotes about Burrow that we've gotten this week, one from Mike Brown about, and I think we played it for you on the earlier episode this week, about just his incredible intensity of the moment of what he's doing and fo- an ability to just focus on that, whether it's through the rehab or whether it's through the game or this practice or this meeting. And Trey Hopkins, we talked to on Wednesday, which was a delight to have him back uh, in front of us again. He's the best. Um, and talking to us about Burrow with that and he how he got to see that firsthand as they were together a ton as they both rehabbed ACLs together this offseason. And Trey talking about just that the tenacity that he takes on absolutely everything with. And he, you would see whatever that thing was that day they were doing in rehab. Like it was just so hardcore focused and, and, and in attacking everything. And I think that's kind of what you're describing here is, Look, I know what I'm doing. I'm just so focused on making this practice great. Um, and and it is a really a, a trait that a lot of the great ones have. Joe Burrow also got to do one thing that I am so jealous about. I mean, I'm like, it, it kind of, it just makes me excited to even think about the concept someone could do this. He scrubbed all his social media, Jay. <laughs> He's just like, I'm turning it off. I'm turning off social media, no distractions. I just want to focus on the team and on camp and none of the social media stuff. It's the same way I felt when I found out Nick Castellanos moved to the flip phone. Like, oh, tell me what it's like. Tell me about the other side. Tell me stories. <laughs> I wonder why they, why guys, I mean, when they say they delete them, I, I guess they just mean they delete the apps off of their phone um, and they, they don't actually delete the accounts. Um but I, I've never really understood that. I mean, I guess it's maybe just too tempting to see it there, see the app and just hit it and go. And if you delete it off your phone, then you don't have that temptation. But, you know, wh- why just not look at it instead of actually deleting it? Because we're weak, Jay. As humans, <laughs> right. yes. as humans, we are soft. We are weak. And especially when the, the social addiction kicks in, you got to just got to take it. just got to <laughs> take the toy away sometimes, Jay. So sometimes you just got to take the toy away. Uh, but so I'm very jealous of Burrow for that. But outside of that, you know, uh, I was on with Lance last night, Lance McAllister, and he asked me this, like, okay, tell me all of what were your thoughts on Joe Burrow? And, and, and it's absolutely the, the must question to ask off the top. But my response was, it was kind of the topic here. It's such almost a non-story at this point. 
And it's weird that it is. I mean, the remarkable aspect of it is that it is. And we said this during OTAs and at the end of OTAs. But, like, he's out there, and there's just nothing odd about it at all. It's just the guy going through, doing all his stuff, um, excited to go play. You know, the the one storyline is will he play in the preseason at all? And honestly, I wonder if that'll kind of be a storyline with him the rest of his career. (laughs) (laughs) How much does the guy really need it? But, you know, Joe saying he wants to and that he wants to take a hit. And I enjoyed him talking to me. I was having like, you know, Rocky four flashbacks. Like he's got to hit me in the chin and I'll feel good. <laughs> right. Like he just doesn't feel he, he just wants to take a hit. He doesn't feel like he's right. Or like he's really started playing football until he takes a hit. I think Mike Brown and Zach Taylor and Bengals fans would be comfortable if he didn't, uh, if he just didn't even show up at the stadium, but that's a story for another day. Um, they'll figure that out right now. Um, whether he gets a, a drive to feel the rush against Miami uh, is possible, but um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be betting on it at this point, but maybe Burrow's got that sway. Maybe he's got that pull and he can make it happen. Yeah. If anyone can make it happen, he would, but I, I, I still can't see them, them changing their, their plan and, and sticking him in. There's just, yeah, he would like to take a hit, but and he said the same thing last year when there was no preseason that he wished there was just so he could get hit. I mean, I think, I think any football is going, any football player is going to say that. Nobody's going to say, yeah, I'd rather sit out. They they want to get in there and mix it up. Um, but I, I just I there's just way too much risk in that with with zero reward. Obviously, those games mean nothing, and you kind of saw a hint of of why they are thinking that way. Yesterday, there was there was a bobbled exchange between um, Joe Burrow and, and Billy Price, and Burrow started to dive for it, and he caught himself, and he didn't. And it's just it's one of those things where those instincts as a footballer football player kick in, and I I think they would like to rein some stuff in, especially in preseason. You don't want him taking any kind of risk like that. You just never know when something comes up, and um, he maybe does something they they would rather him not do. So I just I would be really surprised, as persuasive as he can be, that if they would take that risk and stick him in there. Me too. Um, it's I mean it's, I, I you know I don't think it's a big deal, and a lot of it probably would be determined by how comfortable they feel with the offensive line at mm-hmm. that point. Um, you know, if you're still working out kinks there and still unsure, they've had a couple of bad weeks or all the guards have looked bad or whatever. Um, I think that might be a determining factor as well. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's talk about the offensive lines. We kind of got our first glimpse, uh, you know, the initial I guess you could call him. I, I always use clubhouse leader because it, it it's so much subject to change. Um, but I I thought the message of uh, we're gonna 
we're, we're our gift to Jackson Carmen is uh, a big dose of humility. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, nobody is handing you anything. And in fact, we're doing the opposite of that. <laughs> you're going to be in the very back of the rotations. Um, you're going to be standing next to a guy named Gunnar Vogel who just showed up here yesterday. Uh, and, and And that's how we feel about where you're at right now. And you need to work your way up. You need to prove it. You need to earn it. And it's a lot of what we talked about on Tuesday that, you know, the experience factor was going to matter. They they were going to need to see him prove it, and it's going to take some time. It, this was this is not a, you know, you looked up all the stats on Frank Pollock and starting rookies. This is not a Billy Price starting week one. Everybody knows he's the starter week one. This is not a Kevin Zeitler starter week one. Everyone knows he's a starter week one. This is this is um, I think a coaching staff sending a message. Absolutely. And, and you wonder how much of it is based on what Jackson Carmen has done on the field and maybe what he's done in meeting rooms or in in other settings outside off, off the field because he was there. He was the starting guard in OTAs and and it was they were try, not trying to give him the position but they were they they put him in there with the first team to to see what he could do and you know it's hard to it's unless he was just making mistake after mistake and taking false steps that type of thing it's hard to gauge your the, the play when there, there's no contact especially for offensive linemen and it's it's just glorified walkthroughs and 7 on 7 but something they saw in the spring obviously didn't agree with them to to see this this I don't even know if demotion's the right word. I mean, it's it's a plummeting down the depth chart. Um, not to say he can't eventually work his way back up there, but uh, it is it is a clear message. Um, and you know, hopefully, we'll get a chance to talk to him soon and, and see if it's one he's taken. Yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> uh, we're not really allowed to talk to a lot of people these days, Jay. <laughs> you know, we're 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 third class citizens around here, and we need to walk around with twenty foot poles that we hold out in front of us, so no one can get too close. You know, you could use that pole as like a like a megaphone, and you ask your questions through the. That's pole. what I need. I need to go megaphone, <laughs> megaphone, and whiteboard, right? A white, a giant whiteboard where I hold up someone's name, and maybe they catch to their eye. And then I just I scream a question into a megaphone that maybe they could yell something back to me that I could use, sort of like our friends on the bridge yelling at you about Arby's yesterday. Shout out to the bridge movement. <laughs> I was walking over to watch the field goals and I hear, "Hey Jay!" and I look up. There's a guy up on the bridge. He's like, "Where's the closest Arby's?" <laughs> and I just gave and you, him a point. To, I knew. I knew you there knew was exactly one, where it was. It was in Covington. There isn't any in downtown Cincinnati. So yeah, you got to go to Covington. Um. I wanted to bring up this this quote from Zach Taylor uh, about asked about Jackson Carmen and what he's got to do hmm. to be a starter at some point. And it, there's a lot of coachy speak in here, but listen to it through the lens of what we just talked about and think and think about it when and if you're trying to get a glimpse of where the, what they feel about him right now. It says he needs to just show that he can be consistent day in and day out. You know, there's a lot of things that go into playing in the NFL. And this goes for all the rookies, but it's being a pro on and off the field, 
taking care of your body, studying at night, being prepared with questions the next day. And that's really the message to all the young players is, you know, in college, you knew your system. You were a three or four year starter. You knew it. It was easy. This isn't going to be as easy to you. And, you know, that's not about physical skills. It's not, you know, all that. It's about you need to show that you're taking this serious and and you're going to be a pro about it. And I think that's, I think it is as simple as that. Start him at ground zero, make him prove that he's going to actually be a, you know, be a mature pro about this and can handle it and can be reliable and trustworthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have gone back to that word since the beginning of the offseason. They need something that is reliable and trustworthy standing in front of Joe Burrow at every spot. It doesn't have to be great. It needs to not be awful. It needs to be reliable. It, you need to know what it is and that it's going to be solid in there every day. No one, No one's asking you to be Joe Thomas or Andrew Whitworth or even Kevin Zeitler, even though they could have had him. They're asking you to be yourself at a, a solid level every day and prove trustworthy and reliable and know that you're not going to have not studied, not known your assignments, not taken it seriously enough. That's not going to be tolerated. And I think that's where we're at. And this happens all the time. I mean, I've been around this team for, this is my 11th training camp. You know how many times this would happen almost every year. Mike Zimmer would do this to entire teams. Like he would, I mean, he would, he would demote everybody if he could. I mean, he, he wanted everybody to feel every rookie to feel like, I mean, Marvin, we just wouldn't play you for a year. You know I mean? It's like that it's, this happens all the time. This is not, I don't necessarily think this is any sort of reflection of like trouble in paradise. Um, maybe a little bit, but standard rookie stuff that you got to work through. Guys got to, guys come in and maybe they're a little too full of themselves. And I'm not saying that's the case here, but it happens with rookies all the time. They need to learn that it ain't going to be like that here. You're not big man on campus. Um, so I think that's a little part of this. Um, other stuff uh, from yesterday, I do think we need to talk about Larry Ogan Joby a little bit. Um, Ogunjobi placed on active PUP with a hamstring injury suffered during the conditioning test. Um, asked about it, Zach Taylor was very vague. Um, it happened yesterday. Don't know how light or severe it is. Asked, is, is he? Would you call him day to day? Gave the old. Well, you can say that. You can say anything. And aren't we all day to day? I don't think that means anything. It felt. To me, like, see in September, Larry. Um, you know, the hamstring injuries in camp, like, it, it's, it's you know, hamstring injuries, sweat, people on the bridge. Like, these, this is, this is what camp is, you know? So, but you don't want to see that happen at that critical position right now. I, it's definitely going to be worth monitoring exactly maybe how serious this is and if it would maybe lead into the regular season at all. But, you know, we're still, we're still a long ways away from that. Yeah, and there's a little bit of a track record there. I was talking to Zach Jackson, who covers the Browns for us, and he said that that Larry suffered a hamstring injury in August last year and had maybe his least productive year with the Browns. So if it's something that everyone knows that that that, that hamstring injury is one that you you don't set a timetable that you just kind of have to let it heal on its own. You can't you can't over rehab to get it back. You just have to to wait till it feels right. So you're right. I I could see where maybe we don't see Larry Okunjobi play until the opener and maybe i mean it 
he's on a new team, new system, all that. So that's not ideal, but maybe there is a silver lining in that they have so many unproven guys behind him. It's going to be more reps for those guys and they can see who's going to be the guys that, that kind of fill in that rotation once Larry comes back. I mean, they don't have anybody. I mean, no, I know. <laughs> unproven gotta, is the right word because yeah. none of them have proven a thing. Uh, Mike Daniels did, and last year, you know, was ineffective trying to really rush the passer, and maybe he can find some renaissance, but he, he's kind of the answer right now, and that's not great. There's a reason why I had Larry at number two in the Bengals' war rankings. It's like mm-hmm. they just, you know, it was such a problem for them last year, and he's the answer, and they never got a second answer. They never really added that second piece that would go with Larry um, and they basically reinvested in Mike Daniels, and that can be a that is gonna be a problem if if we get if this turns into what ham hamstring injuries this time of year often do. You referenced Zach Jackson talking about Larry last year, but we hear it all all the time. Ah, oh, yeah, that hamstring injury in camp, and it just really made it slow for him to get going during the year, and it just it always kind of it kept him behind all year, and he never feel quite never felt quite right. X player said like you know it's just like that stuff sucks when it happens right away because you that ends up being this excuse now it may not there's a lot of times where it doesn't but certainly not what you want to hear immediately on day one and something that we'll be monitoring pretty closely as we go through the the rest of camp um anybody else stick out to you yesterday All I saw was number nine. I didn't see anybody else. I was following everything Joe Burrow did. No, there was – you wrote about it. Joe Mixon looked really good. And, yes, no one's one's tackling. Um, There was, again, a little (gasps) breath-holding incident there where he broke – he broke through the line on one and um, Jesse Bates ran him – had an angle, ran him down and do what they do, you know, do the the tomahawk chop and and try to – knocked the ball out of his hand. They got their feet tangled and Joe went down and um, he popped right back up. No big deal. But at any, and I, and I heard coaches yelling, you always used to hear Marvin say, stay up, stay up, get up, keep off the ground. Um, th- it was kind of that same thing where they don't want guys going to the ground in camp. It wasn't, it wasn't like he popped him or hit him and they, their feet just got tangled. But um, Joe Mixon did look really good yesterday. And, the other one was uh, was Puka. I was wa- wanting to see where they were lining him up um, because of you know what what you've written about where it's he's going to have this hybrid role and and they were keeping him more in, in the backfield. I didn't I didn't see every single snap. Obviously, I was so focused on Joe, but I I did notice that that Puka was lining up in the 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 backfield quite a bit. Um, and defensively, I just I can't say if anybody Mike. You mentioned Mike Daniels earlier. He was the one he broke through and got some pressure uh, on Joe Burrow. It was you know obviously it's not a live rush. He knows he's not going to get hit, but that was the closest that Joe Burrow has come to any semblance of a pass rush um, since since the injury. And he you know he kind of sidestepped Mike and, and threw a short little pass over the middle for a completion. Um, but if if you've got a guy breaking through in eleven on eleven and, and getting in the backfield, I guess that's worth a little bit of a nod. Um, the receivers look good. I th- there was a lot of contested catches yesterday. Uh, T. Higgins had a number of those. Auden Tate had his standard, um, you know, vice grip hands over top of a corner catch type stuff that you're used to seeing from him. Jamar Chase had a really nice sideline catch. Um, 
thanks to our guy James Rapine's super powered camera. Uh, we were able to do an instant replay on whether it was a catch or not because it was really close on the sidelines. It looked like he did get did tap and get his feet down on a deep out um, from nine to one. And so, but I thought the receivers kind of looked the part um, for the most part. You you know ma- making a lot of nice catches, not a lot of drops, and you know running crisp routes and things like that. So. As as you would kind of expect, there Jesse Bates nearly had a pick. Uh, Von Bell had a couple plays with a PBU. Um, you know, overall, I it was um fairly quiet, nondescript first day. As first days go, I mean, first days can be hailstorms. Um, <laughs> when they happen in Dayton, in particular. Uh, <laughs> but this was a relatively, you know, easy, easy going day. So we, we talked to DJ Ree, we talked to Sam Hubbard, um, about his extension and everything there. Obviously we talked to Burrow. We talked a little bit about what he said earlier. Um, DJ reader and Trey Hopkins, both talking about coming back off rehab and, and reader as well, you know, about, you know the long road that it's been back for him off this quad injury, and 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 what they hope for him to be this year, and that's that's another name that people forget and gloss over of of how he can help change things and what they need him to be. So um, I think he's hoping to certainly make make an impact there. Um, so you know, there's it's it, not not a, not a, not a ton going on. Evan McPherson, hmm, perfect six for six. Including three from forty plus and the long of forty eight. You know, it was funny. We were talking about it, and the guy assumes you know we're going to see Siebert kick Thursday probably, um, and get his chance to kick six times. But like, if McPherson has a couple more days like this and does okay in the first preseason game, can we just end it? Like, we know he's the guy. It's just about him not crapping down his leg. And so he he rolls out and goes six for six on the first day. That's a nice start. I think that's a nice that's a nice place to start if you're Evan McPherson, um, because you know there's such a he just needs to not be awful and and it'll be his job. And the fact that he came out and and was money on day one is a real nice start. Yeah, because you can talk all you want about it being practice and training camp. It doesn't mean anything. If you're a rookie trying to win a job that first day of camp, the first time you go out, you better believe there's pressure. And that's one of the things with Evan is he's never had that pressure of a game-winning kick. He's had, you know, kicks to make a one-score game, a two-score game with a minute or two to go, but he's never actually had a win-or-lose kick uh, in his career. So you 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 wonder how he's going to handle pressure situations. So that was a great sign yesterday. And the way the Bengals do it, if people aren't familiar, they kind of ease him in. I mean, I think the first field goal was around 29, and then they just back him up three yards. So once you get those first short ones in, you've kind of got the the swing down and the conditions. And I mean, not that it was windy or anything yesterday, but um, he did. He, he moved all the way back to the 48 and nailed that one uh a great start for a guy that is, is trying to, to win a job. Yeah. Yeah, it it was. Um, yeah. And I, you know, we would have asked him all about his feelings on that if we were allowed, (laughs) but instead we're, we're not allowed to talk to players anymore. (laughs) Apparently it's really, it's unfortunate. Like, you know, there's, there's, there's the pandemic going on. 
you know, still and all that stuff happening and, and everybody's very nervous uh, about what can happen, you know, with all the money that's on the line and forfeits and all the stuff that's out there. And I, I understand that makes people nervous, but um, it's it's really unfortunate that fully vaccinated proof of negative test people are not allowed to talk to anybody after a practice um, and forced to kind of do this parade of the podium, you know, once a day. And it, because the, you guys that are listening that read are the ones that lose out. You're the ones that don't get to hear from these people. Don't get their stories. Don't get the nuance of what's going on. And, and you don't get the same problems that there were last year. It essentially makes it exactly the same as last year. And it sucks. It sucks for you guys. It sucks for us. The only thing that you can get is team media stuff. So, you know, employees, paid employees of the team telling you what they what is going on. There's no real there. I mean, I have a lot of respect for everybody that works there, but it's different when you're working for somebody, when you're writing for somebody that pays you. And, you know, these people who have are exactly like us are in the locker room doing everything, hanging out with basically, you know, everything but hugs and hand pounds inside the locker room. And, and we have to, you know, go stand on the street with our 20-foot poles, making sure that we're not touching any players, you know. And it's like, it's it sucks. It's unfortunate. And I, I hope it doesn't continue like this all year um, because everyone loses, you guys lose. And, and the Bengals, it doesn't have to be this way. They have chosen for it to be this way. Um, other teams are not at all like this. It's not. This is not what's happening around the league. The, the Bengals, you know, if it's it, we are being shut out, and that sucks. And it's, um, it's 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 unfortunate. But you guys that are listening, you can get as close as you want. We can't get close to the players, but if you want to go down to camp and stand on the other side of a bike rack, you can reach out and slap five with them. You can be a foot away from them. You don't have to prove you're vaccinated. You don't, you don't have to show a negative test. You can you can get as close as you want to them. You just have to stand behind a bike rack that is maybe three feet tall, and you can reach right out. You can ask for an autograph. You can ask for a selfie. Now the players probably won't do that, but still, it's just it's it is it's it's weird it's it's weird how inconsistent it is. There's you know we we had to. There's certain areas of the stadium we can't go into, even though we're vaccinated and we have proof of negative test. Yet FedEx and other delivery drivers pull right up to the loading dock that the players walk in and out of right there next to the locker room. There's no no proof that those guys are vaccinated or have negative tests. It's it's just it's a weird double standard. And I know that they they are walking on eggshells right now. The Bengals as an organization fearing getting fined and. You know, I was told that we were very close to having to go back to Zooms yesterday because at the at the press conferences, a couple of reporters who shall remain nameless. Okay, one of them was me, but I won't <laughs> name the other one. We were actually within six feet of uh, Joe Burrow during his uh, media session, and our trackers were going off. And I guess the the people that are monitoring that were were really upset with that. But the thing is. They did tell us after Joe left that we needed to step back, but but no one ever explained to us how the the trackers work. They just gave it and said wear it. I don't know. You know, sometimes it flashes, sometimes it doesn't. I, yeah, I would I have assume no idea how it works. Yeah, I don't know what the <laughs> flashing lights. No, they just said here, wear this. Um, so 
I get that they they don't want to get fined, and and the the media relations department is is answering to the front office, and they're they're trying to do what they can, but it's just some things seem like common sense. If you're outside, there's no reason you can't be six feet from a player and and ask questions. And maybe that will change as camp goes on. I think with I'm, I'm hoping that yesterday with the the first day and and with some some six feet breach and everybody be on eggshells that it was, they were just trying to get their footing and, and see how this is going to work. I hope so for our sake. I hope so for the the listeners and the readers sake. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate because you know, a, a team that's really cared a lot about trying to reconnect with their fan base, cutting off the, the conduit to them is, doesn't seem to make much sense to me, but we digress. I, I at some point I'll get over it, Jay. I hope you do. <laughs> Cause if you don't, that means they're still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I'm just, I was, I was a little, I'm a little hot today. That's, I was a little hot yesterday. I mean, I mean, I mean, physically hot, like, like a lot of sweat, a lot of, just a lot of sweat, and got me all worked up. So, uh, but anyway, uh, we're gonna, we're, it doesn't matter what, where they let us go. We're gonna continue to bring you guys the real, um, and and, and you're always gonna get that here. Uh, you're, you're, it's not going to stop us from working hard and giving you guys everything that you want. We're going to do a- absolutely everything. We're going to do our damnedest to make sure we bring it to you. Good, bad, ugly, otherwise. And if that means we got to stand on an overpass, you know we'll do that. Because <laughs> all last year we filled the bridge right up there with you. And we'll happily go back up there again if that's where we end up having to be. Uh, so you can you can find you find us wherever we gotta go. We're gonna we're gonna go wherever we gotta go. So you know what you need to know about the Bengals. Um, all right, uh, that'll wrap us up. Again, we're doing uh, we're doing two episodes a week now, so we're gonna keep you rolling on everything. Um, going throughout camp, we'll be back. We'll be back on Monday, um, which is their their first day back they actually have sunday off so you're going to get they're going to practice they practiced wednesday thursday friday the back together saturday inside the stadium is happening that's saturday inside pbs that's kind of their big event they're off sunday um monday they're back on the practice field getting closer to pads and then tuesday is really the first day in full pads so we really kind of get going at that point um so we'll see how it goes then. And, um, you know, that's that's kind of when things really amp up. Still, you know, important stuff happening now. Like it's, it's you know, it's it's training camp, but next Tuesday, circled on the calendar. It's when it gets real. So we'll be there through all of it. Really looking forward to that. So anyway, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you next time on Hear That Podcast Ground. Have a good one, everybody.